By day, Trisha Puleo is a teacher. But after work, she has a side gig. She leads a Zumba fitness class. It's dance fitness. Um, you know, we do use Latin rhythm, Caribbean, Indian, all types of different uh, genres, belly dance. So it just, it's a fun way to exercise. Trisha teaches her class on Zoom, and she relies heavily on Facebook to connect with her clients. I have a group on Facebook, and they go into that. Like, I advertise the class what time it is. I put a link up for Zoom. And uh, Venmo link and Zelle link. That's where everybody is, is on that group. But on Monday, she noticed that something was wrong. She couldn't access Facebook or Instagram to post the link to her class. And she started getting text messages from a few of her regulars. Some of them, they're older women, and they didn't know what was going on. They thought it was their phone or whatever. One of the ladies was like, I thought it was me. I was like, no, 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 it wasn't you. There was an outage. Only five students showed up to her class that night. Trisha estimates she lost maybe $100 as a result. She's not happy. Ah, not happy. (laughs) Not happy at all. I cannot believe how much I rely on social media. I'm 52 years old. I never had social media as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm like relying on it. Trisha wasn't alone. What was happening to her was happening to billions of people around the world. All of Facebook and its products, WhatsApp and Instagram, were completely down for everyone. But no one knew why. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, October 7th. Coming up on the show, the day that Facebook logged off. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI. Everyone. But where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Tap the banner or go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. On Sunday night, our colleague Bob McMillan posted a video to Facebook that he knew was going to get a lot of likes. He'd been watching TV, and he noticed something interesting. I swear to God, the guitarist for the Saturday Night Live house band looks exactly like my daughter. And so he posted a clip of SNL to his Facebook page and jokingly congratulated his daughter for making it big. And so I posted it, and people were like, Oh my God, that really looks like your daughter. And like my own mother thought it was my daughter. And I was like enjoying that so much. I was like watching all these reactions. And Monday I drove my kids to school and I was coming back and I was going to check to see all the likes I got and all the the amazing comments. And it didn't work. (laughs) Facebook was down. Such a bummer. Bob isn't just a proud dad. He's also a cybersecurity reporter. And he started to look into what was going on with Facebook. Sites go down all the time. And as a cybersecurity reporter, when that happens, the first question I have is why? When Facebook goes down, 
often, like nine times out of 10, it's because my wireless router's not working or my computer has a problem. Like it's not, it's not a big deal. But in this case, I could see on Twitter that other people were reporting it. There's a site called Down Detector where you can sort of see that other people are, are saying it's a problem. And Bob quickly realized it was more than just Facebook. It was Facebook, it was Instagram, it was WhatsApp. Facebook goes down, WhatsApp goes down, Instagram goes down. What are people around the world, the billions of people who rely on these services, what are they doing during this time when these social networks have disappeared from the internet? Well, they're, they're going to Twitter and they're trying to figure out what the heck happened. Some have uh, emailed me to say that they were uh, uh, suddenly very productive at work. <laughs> and, and people who relied on WhatsApp to communicate were isolated from their communication groups. Small businesses, you know, lost revenue. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, it's highly disruptive because although we, we think of Facebook and Instagram as sort of these vanity uh, time suck <laughs> projects, uh, they, they really are integrated into our lives. The Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp outage came during a time when Facebook was already in the spotlight. For the last few weeks, the Journal's been publishing a series of investigative stories about the inner workings of Facebook, based on an array of internal documents. Together, the documents show that Facebook knows it's causing harm, and in most cases, hasn't been able to stop it. And the night before the outage, a former employee-turned-whistleblower went public and appeared on this podcast. So, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so, my name is Frances Haugen. Uh, it was a big story. Frances Haugen is revealing her identity. A whistleblower inside Facebook. Who leaked thousands of documents, including the company's own research. The Sunday night before this outage, the whistleblower behind all of these leaks went on 60 Minutes. And on Tuesday, she was set to appear before Congress and testify about all of Facebook's problems. So this was sandwiched between these two major media events. And when it happened, there was like crazy speculation, right? Like as soon as it happened, like, why is this happening? What is this outage? I felt just as a matter of due diligence to check whether they had been hacked. And so what I did was I called a source of mine at a firm called Kentic, Doug Midori, and I just sort of asked what, what he was seeing. It became clear pretty quickly that Facebook hadn't been hacked. The nature of the outage was visible to anyone with sort of a technical readout of the internet. So Facebook's internal networking team would have known that they had done something that had taken all their properties offline. It was like lights going off in a building. So services would be dropping one by one pretty quickly. And anytime you tried to use the app or send an email or view a website, you get an error message. Facebook wasn't hacked, but what had happened was really odd. It looked like Facebook had basically taken itself off the internet. According to a blog post the company would later publish, Facebook hadn't meant to take itself offline, and it had apologized to its users. The company said it was just a big accident. It became clear pretty soon that it was like what they call an own goal. It's an own goal as in like Facebook shot on its own goal? Like yeah, they scored on themselves. Like Facebook itself had done something to basically remove itself from the internet. Wow. So they screwed up. Oh yeah. Big time. Coming up, 
what actually happened and how Facebook fixed it. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The problem Facebook said it had created for itself was a complicated one. It starts with something basic, opening a website. For you, opening a website is a pretty simple process, but the way your computer opens a website is far more complex. Basically, this internet is a series of computers that are all represented by numbers. And just like with phone numbers, we can't remember internet numbers. (laughs) You know, we're not good at remembering numbers. We're good at remembering words. So I can remember Facebook.com, but I can't remember the number that corresponds to the computer that has the web server for Facebook.com. So to solve this problem, big websites like Facebook make technical announcements, which effectively tell the rest of the internet how to access the site. To put it another way, it's kind of like a giant map that Facebook is continually posting online so that other computers can find it. These networks, they all have a way of talking to each other and basically they share maps of each other. So Facebook shares a map of how to get to all its services with AT&T and with Comcast and with Google and, you know, with all of the other networks on the planet. And on Monday, Facebook's map said something new. It said Facebook no longer exists. Its map was empty. So Facebook's announcement on Monday morning basically said, here's our map, and there's nothing on it. Yeah, yeah, that was the announcement. There's no Facebook. The company later explained in that blog post that the reason all this happened was because of a series of mistakes. Facebook said that there was a data center that had to be taken offline for maintenance reasons, and that one employee working there had crafted a command just to sort of see what was going on with the other data centers. And that command had an error in it. And they had automated systems that checked these kinds of networking commands for bugs. And automated system that checked the networking command didn't work. So not only was there a bug in the code that this engineer was sending out, there was also a bug in the thing that checked to see if there was bugs. Yeah. There's sort of a cascading set of failures that happen. So this command gets issued. It basically unplugged all of the data centers in Facebook's network. It just disconnected all of them. So none of them were connected anymore. Um, And that wasn't supposed to happen, but that's what happened. That engineering failure started a chain of events that took down the entire system. And not just for Facebook's users. The system also went down for Facebook's internal systems, which meant that all the tools it had to fix the outage were also offline. Your Facebook, you've spent billions building the best network, one of the best networks in the entire world, and it goes down. Okay, fair enough. You've nuked yourself off of the internet. All your internal tools are not working. In the blog post, Facebook said it needed to find a way to fix this outage without being online. And that meant they had to resort to some pretty old school techniques. 
what they had to do was drive to their data centers, get into the, the what they call the cages, the rooms that house the, the networking gear that they had to restore to its original state. These data centers have a high level of security. They don't want just anybody walking in there and like hitting reboot on all of Facebook. So there was actually, they, they describe in the blog post that there were there was some bars they had to jump over to actually get in, to get access, to authenticate on these things, even, even in person and um, to, to, to restart them. So that took hours. They were basically rolling back the clock to like the 1980s, right? Where you drive into the data center to fix the, the computers. And um, they probably hadn't done that for a while. They're kind of doing all this physical stuff that they spent years trying to prevent bad actors from being able to do. So they're, they're, they were suddenly up against their own security. And that's like, I mean, that's, that's embarrassing, right? Like this is the world's premier internet company and they had to do that. Once the engineers were able to get to the data center and physically fix the servers, Facebook finally started to come back to life. Around 2.30, my time in San Francisco, or around 5.30 in New York, Facebook started popping back up online. At first, parts of Facebook were working, parts were not working, but pretty quickly, like within an hour, it was all kind of back in action. Facebook's products are so widely used that when they fail, it can have outsized consequences. People rely on apps like WhatsApp to communicate with their families or run a business. And all of it could just disappear when an employee in California or wherever accidentally issues the wrong command. Facebook apologized to its users and promised to minimize events like this in the future. The company's chief technology officer tweeted, quote, To every small and large business, family, and individual who depends on us, I'm sorry. What should we make of that? That one mistake like this can bring the entire network to its knees? It makes them seem more like critical infrastructure. They're getting into the realm of critical infrastructure. And there's some differences, but, you know, if when the, the power grid goes down, when the phone networks go down, that's a big deal. And increasingly, when Facebook goes down, it becomes like that. So after Facebook came back online, how many likes did you get on that picture you posted of your daughter? <laughs> uh, you know, the viral window had closed. It, it was it was very disappointing. I, I, I got, I think I, I'd have to double check that. I have to fact check that one. But it was less than 100, oh. which, you know, <laughs> I think if the outage hadn't happened, I would have definitely broke 100 likes on that. But my mom did see it the next day. <laughs> That's all for today, Thursday, October 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode from Talal Ansari. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.